can't remember the last time I was crazy about someone. Like I'm crazy about Isa. Oh my god, you scared me. God damn it, Isa! Do you promise? Don't trust him. Are these villagers feeding me bullshit? Something is not right. Something is not right. Something is not right. Something. Something. Something is not right. That night, at dinner with Pak Halim in Mak Badaria, I braved myself to inquire. Semoki na? Uh, <clears throat> well, I, I met a young girl on my drive coming here, and I saw her again just now, at the riverbank. This girl, she's from our village? I shrug, as Pak Halim and Mak Badaria share a questioning look. To Mabadaria's raised eyebrows, I offer a description. I smile, fueled by the memories of those gentle features. Um, she, she has a very small body, uh, a pretty face, with dimples, long straight black hair, and oh, and she has a scar right along here. She introduced herself to me as uh, Isa. Astaghfirullah! Abang! Wait, what? What is it? Mak Badaria looks distressed. While Pak Halim tries to calm her, their voice rising over each other. Wait, do you know her? What are you guys hiding? To my surprise, Pahalim just sighs and shakes his head at his wife. To me, he snaps. No, there's no one here like that now. Now? Pahalim rises and leaves to their bedroom. Mabadaria does not meet my gaze as she clears the dishes from the dining table. The, the girl, you said, she... She where? Uh, I, I don't know, Machi. I've only seen her twice, but... Oh, I see. For the rest of the night, the house is filled with the sounds of Pahalim reciting Arabic prayer from their room. I lie awake, tuning out the sound as my head replays Pahalim's words. I can't help but fixate on his statement. There is no one here like that now. What did he mean by that? Damn, I can't get a straight answer from anyone! <laughs> in the middle of the night, I am jolted awake. My body is drenched in sweat and I step up to the windowsill to catch a breeze. The night is bright with the full moon glowing. All is perfectly still. I am about to return to my bed when I see something shift outside the window. It's... it's Isa. I can see her in a white gown. She calls to me. Jimmy, I need you. My heart beats out of my chest as I pull on shorts and t-shirt. I quietly make my way outside as so as not to alert my host. Hey, where have you been? Why did you jump out of the car? Who are you? 
She offers no explanation. Her eyes seem to beseech me and I am so drawn to her. I'd do anything for Isa. She just needs to ask. She grasps my hand and tugs at me. My feet obey in blind devotion as Isa leads me away from the house, following the length of the vast paddy field, moving towards the riverbank. Isa halts when we arrive near the bank of the river, and then she set herself down, her face upturned in invitation that I am propelled out of my trance. I eagerly set my body beside her. We kiss. And what a kiss it is. Her lips are moist and plump, as rich as the finest wine. My tongue lances against hers with the eagerness of a starved lion as I grasped her to me. After a few minutes of exploring, she leans away. Come, Jimmy. I need you. She shifts onto her knees, pulling at the bottom of her gown, lifting it up and over her torso before discarding the material. What a vision. Do you want me, dear Jimmy? Oh, God, yes. But you must promise to take me back with you to Singapore. Yes, I promise I will do anything. Something on her lower stomach catches my attention. It's a pattern of silver lines seeming her abdomen. They're clearly stretch marks, faded but obvious under the nightlight. With my darn luck, there may be a husband lying away with a parang. Not a husband. It's my family you should be worried about. Wait, how did you know what I was thinking? I am yours. Only yours. Jimmy, I must have you. Isa shifts our naked body so that I am forced to lay back and she starts to ride me. She places a small soft hand against my pecs. My eyes follow the movement, observing her long nails trail teases along my chest. Oh, the anticipation is killing me. Have me, Jimmy. Oh, God. Hey, what the? Her nail scratches against my stomach. I grasp her wrist tight, shaking my head. No! As she continues rocking over me, my finger bumps against a small hot object on Iza's nape. It must be the clasp of a necklace of some type. Although I hadn't seen any chain dangling in front of her. What is it? It feels hard and unnatural against a soft skin. A nail? Should I? I can't feel my body. My arms, my legs are paralyzed. What looks back at me is the face of a wretched and shriveled hag. 
wrinkled and blackened with decay, her naked torso charred and rough. Her eyes, her eyes, her swollen eyes glows red in the semi-darkness. What? What the? What are you doing? The stench. Oh my god, the stench. It's like the smell of rotting flesh, spilled guts and maggots surrounding me, consuming my nose, my, my mouth, reaching in and filling my throat. <laughs> my stomach immediately rebels and I... I gag. <laughs> somehow, somehow I fortify myself and force my muscles to unlock. Just effing move already, Jimmy. I flail as I shove that hideous thing away from me. As I crawl, scoot, scamper, I try to ignore the pain of my body scraping against rocks and shrubs, all the while throwing the occasional look over my shoulder. Oh. I manage to get my feet and stumble a few steps, 20, 30 maybe, before my knees buckle. You're spying everything! The ugly hag is shaking. Her entire body shifting and rattling like her bones are rearranging themselves within. I lurch back in panic. I resume my pathetic crawl, dragging myself hands over knees, fighting the dirt and grass to get away. You can escape. You're <laughs> The creature is suddenly hulking over me. She lifts a hand overhead, forming a ghastly claw with those long, sharp nails and swipes across my abdomen. Ow! The claws dig in and catch in my stomach. Oh! The pain, sharp and frighteningly real. She raises a hand overhead again, this time. Angled sideways and I squeeze my eyes tight, resigned to my fate. <laughs> I open my eyes to see her naked torso dangling just a few feet beside me. Impaled through the abdomen on a long, dark metal machete. Blood flowing everywhere. I had expected to see the ugly, wrinkled face of a monster. But I am most surprised to see its face is once again beautiful. That heart-shaped face with its porcelain skin. Issa? Issa looks so... Human. In a daze, I look up to the end of the dripping machete, piercing a torso to see it in... Karim's hand? He stands, panting beside me. Go! Now! Karim drags me away from the corpse, torchlight in hand, leading us away from the stream. We stagger furiously into the dark, thick jungle. Karim! What, what, what just happened? Tell me! Keep up! I will explain! Now! Please! Jimmy, that was Pontiana! 
You're lucky to be alive. It's Malay vampire created when a woman who dies in childbirth is brought back from the dead. Black magic? Yes, that's Pontianak. It's Pak Halim punya daughter, huh? Iza. A year ago, she pregnant. She can rogol, raped by her own brother. Wait, the one from Singapore? The parents couldn't live with what their son did. So they threw him out. The baby was stillborn, and Iza also died soon after. Mak Badaria couldn't handle it, you know. Gila, depressed, angry, mental breakdown. So Pak Halim dug up the body and do shirik prayers. They have been feeding all the kampong tourists to the Pontianak to keep her near. Hey, we can't stop here. The other will come. They will find you. This doesn't make any sense. Is everybody in on it? Yes. Yes, Jimmy. We have to keep going. Wait. Is he really gone? I don't know. But she will only truly go when she get revenge on her rapist, the brother. Wait, wait. Hold on. I don't understand. Why was there a nail in her neck then? That how they control her. We don't have much time. They are coming. You are not the first man Pak Halim has brought to the Kampung Pinang to have sex to feed the Pontianak. Then why save me? Our villagers have lost their way, Jimmy. Without the Pontianak, we can finally heal again. We finally emerge from the dense jungle. Reaching the roadside, a car is parked waiting for us. Karim hands me the keys and shoves me inside. In the distance, I hear a howl. It must have been from the villagers. I suppose they've discovered the body. Okay, go. But you can't tell anyone, yeah? Listen to me. When you leave here, if anyone asks, I need you to tell them it was an accident. Faham? Go. I nod. Resigned. They lock me in a mental asylum anyway if I talk about Pontianas. I can't find the words to thank this man. Karim simply nods and dashes back the way we came, vanishing into the dark forest. I start the engine and the headlights carve a path ahead. I veer off the gravel path and onto the highway, leaving the palm oil trees behind. A signboard for Johor Bahru looms. 400 kilometers away. I look back at the rearview mirror. I know what I must do now is a uh, It's all starting to make sense now. Your brother, the promise you wanted of me. Your revenge. As I steal a glance at the rearview mirror, I see Isa calm, tranquil, 
her eyes piercing into my soul. Singapore awaits. Thank you for listening to this special Pontianak series of After Dark, an original podcast brought to you by MediaCorp and produced by Zag Studios, with performances by Charles Roberts, Queen Kila, Fatah Fauzi, Mawa Rosica, and Adli Shinichi. This episode was written by Tina Ishak Dago and directed by Fatah Fauzi, with sound design by Kale, along with Ravin Manogaran and Noel Vijay as the creative producers. Special thanks to Danny Kurdi from MediaCorp. If you enjoy what you're listening to, you can follow the podcast on the MeListen app, Spotify or Apple Podcasts. See you again in the next episode of After Dark. <laughs>